when you get someone else says, Hey, you know, go talk to that chief who's done it already, probably, you know, went through the same thing. And obviously you can see he made it through or she made it through. 100%. Um, yeah. And, and so can you, obviously, you know, life throws those things at you and, and you can, you know, obviously you'll get through it. Uh, that's where the resilience comes in. You're going to power through and you're going to come back better. Hello, Air Warriors. I am Chief Master Sergeant Sean Sullivan, and welcome to another Chevrons, a podcast for the enlisted force. I am here with my co-host, Airman Francesca Scridulis, and we have a couple of special guests today. We have Chief Master Sergeant James Trefacante, the State Command Chief Master Sergeant for the Connecticut Air National Guard. And also joining us is A1C Joseph Chobbs of the 102nd Communications Flight. Gentlemen, thank you for attending this Chevron's podcast today. I just want to start right off by, uh, Chief, can you tell us a little about yourself, your experiences, and what you're doing for the Air National Guard now? Uh, hello, everybody. And uh, obviously, I want to say thank you for inviting me on. Um, it, it's a great pleasure for me. I've, I've never done a podcast before, so this is a first, and uh, I'm honored. I'm honored to be asked. Um, about me, I am the Wing Command Chief at the 103rd Air Wing in Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut's a single wing state. We have a couple of GSUs, but uh, the the main air wing is at Bradley International at the uh, at the airport. Um, my uh, my history is uh, basically joined the military right out of high school. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of direction in high school, um, so I kind of uh, like many many youngsters uh, when I was that age and that time, uh, I went in the military. Um, so I went active duty, active duty Air Force. Uh, I did four years there uh, and then uh, basically said, hey, you know what? I'd like to kind of move on with life. So, you know, I, I got out. But uh, funny story back then and, and chief, you probably remember this when I used to call it CBPO. Uh, um, uh, walking down the hall, doing my out processing and the uh, in-service guard recruiters standing in his doorway. Um, and he looking at me and he says, you're getting out. And I said, yeah. Uh, he said, how about joining the guard? I said, okay, tell me about it. And, uh, that's how I went. I went palace front, which is basically you did your four year commitment or six year commitment, whatever it is. And you go direct into the guard. Uh, so I went into the guard in Rhode Island. Um, and I was a crew chief there at active duty. I was a crew chief as well. Um, so I was a crew chief on C-130s. Uh, I did that for several years and then cross-trained over to be a flight engineer on C-130s. Um, I did that for about 20 years as a DSG. Um, and basically my civilian career, I became a firefighter in Providence. Uh, so I was kind of the dual headed thing. So I kind of understand what the DSGs go through as opposed to the full-timers. So, uh, I did that, um, we changed airframes from uh, H models to J models. So I cross-trained again uh, to be a loadmaster. Uh, and then uh, at a conference one day, I uh, was asked, uh, hey, you know what? I think you'd be a great fit for the functional manager job. Um, at the time, I was still a DSG, still a firefighter. And uh, I applied. I said, you know, why not? Give it a try. I applied for the job. Came down to Andrews. Uh, did the interview, uh, and I was hired as a functional manager. So I retired as a firefighter. I came on as an AGR. Um, basically, I was a functional manager at Andrews for a couple of years, and then a uh, position to open up at Scott to be the enlisted aircrew liaison to Air Mobility Command. So I uh, went out, did that for three years. Um, 
and then PCS back to Connecticut as they were starting up a brand new unit for uh, C-130s because they had they had been bracked and went through several mission changes and uh, they were finally going to land with C-130s. So uh, one came back to Connecticut. Uh, I was the uh, loadmaster superintendent, started up the unit, got them through their first deployment. Uh, and then the command chief positions opened, applied for that. And uh, I got that and brings me to right here, right now. I've been a command chief for about three years now. Wow. That's uh, that, that's quite an adventure and a, a pretty robust history. And I, I, Airman Shabs, you have to follow that up. Okay, so how are you going to trump that as far as a career so far? Why don't you tell us about yourself? What do you do um, here at the wing, and uh, and what what brought you into the military? Well, um, I am Airman Shabs, and I am definitely a proud member of the 102nd Communications Flight. And right now, I have been backfilling for client systems. I've been doing tech support, answering phone calls, fixing machines. I'm on the phone with Hewlett Packard a lot. And we do a lot. Um, with no com, I don't think there's much uh, much mission going forward. So it's uh, I definitely have a great sense of fulfillment and how I'm helping out. That's very clear as of right now. I couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> the number of times I've needed com. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, great com is like great umpires. You don't know that they're there. Everything just runs smoothly. So That's right. uh, yeah. So. So great. Um, on our topic of the day, we want to talk a little bit about resilience and the really, this is now a time that we've just gone through the last 18 months where resilience is, is of the utmost importance. Uh, we've, this country has been struggling through a lot of different things. And it, the really nice thing here is that we're going to have an introspective on resilience and what it means on both ends of the spectrum. You know, somebody that's more, um, you know, at the beginning of their career and how it's affected us and somebody who's more, um, well, like myself at uh, close to the twilight of the career. So, uh, Chief, I want to start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on resilience and what has it meant to you in your military career and, and you know, any events where, you know, skills that you may have learned have have benefited you in overcoming something? Uh, resiliency is, uh, for obvious reasons, which we'll probably get into a little bit later in the next question, super important to me. Um, basically, I, I look at things as, hey, life throws you curveballs on a regular basis. Uh, things just don't go your way all the time as much as you'd like them to go your way. Uh, you know, everybody wants that job they apply for. Everybody wants, you know, the best of this and the best of that. And then there's those outside factors, which you really have no control of whatsoever, um, that kind of throw your curveballs and, and, and kind of put a lot of stress on you uh, in life. Um, so resiliency, super important. Um, and obviously, it's the ability to recover uh, from, you know, adver adverse actions and, and just bad things happening to good people. Um, it, it happens no matter what whether it's a car accident, um, you know, numerous things. You, you, you can have example after example, um, but it's your ability to overcome uh, and, and continue on and basically repair yourself and, and come back a, a bigger, better person. Um, that's what it's really part of. Uh, and it's, it's as I, I tell my kids, uh, I said, adult life is really difficult. I said, I know you're, you're having you know, your whole world is high school here and, and you think the world revolves around the 10th grade, I said, but it gets really difficult when you graduate and you go on and be a big adult person. Um, and, and that's when you're kind of on your own and you have to make your own decisions and so on and so forth. So you need to learn and be resilient and, and be able to adapt to these difficult things 
uh, and, and it's mentally and physically. Uh, I think physically kind of builds off your mental, uh, you, you know, the stronger you are physically. Um, and I'm not saying a big bodybuilder kind of thing, but just kind of eat right, <clears throat> exercise, you know, keep yourself in good shape, keep yourself healthy. It definitely improves on, uh, on your mental resiliency and your mental health as well. Um, so yes, and like I said, I'll follow on more in the next question, but super important. It's a must have. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to turn over to Shabs here. Um, was resilience for you with your military career here? Oh boy. Resilience. Uh, you know, just even getting to the point where I am being in the military in the air national guard, I needed a lot of resilience. So it's a, uh, it was a dream of mine to really be in the military, you know, initially thinking the Marines and the Navy, I got turned down right out of high school and, um, just kind of had to figure it out. I learned a lot of lessons, you know, I'm, I'm 25 now and just got into the guard. I got to be sworn in on June 11, 2019. And here I am and I'm just raring to go and really learn and grow in every way possible. And just being a member of the guard, you really have to put your best foot forward anyways to really be here. So I'm, I'm pushing hard. And the thing about it though, about resilience is it's not something that you really just have alone. If it wasn't for the wing and, you know, my commander and my chief and my NCOs just around me, they were pushing for me while I was even enlisting, while I was at basic and tech school, always there for me. They knew I wanted to be a part of the wing and because I, I was going to go active duty. The wing gave me the job I wanted. And just having that support system around me, you know, egging me on, it's this really nice just reciprocal system where we egg each other on, we push each other to, to greater heights. It's, uh, it's nice because as a flight, you know, we aim high and we, we set the standard. I really do believe that. And we push hard, you know, we fight hard, we play hard and, uh, it's like a big family. And that really, that really helps me just be who I am. And also we learn and grow together. We, we all, we all learn. And, and I, I think that's at least where I'm at right now with resilience. That's why I love having this introspective of, of having, you know, people at both ends of their career talking about the same topic and seeing the same tools are being exercised and utilized, on, you know, for, for both ends, how important this is across your military career and how you're always part of of a collective body that can help you along. So th uh, this is, this is exciting to hear. I, and, I, I enjoy this. Chief, if I can, just to follow up on that, Absolutely. Um, it, it's definitely not a go alone kind of thing. Um, you, you definitely have to build a network of, of people that you lean on and that will lean on you. Um, and obviously your network will change as you, you know, progress through your career, progress through life. Um, but it's vitally important to have that because that's what makes you strong. You can't do it alone. Um, and if you can, you know, I can't say this definitively, but most of the time you fail. Uh, you, you need to rely on one another, you know, get that outside input, uh, you know, get a different perspective. Um, eventually, you know, I'm not sure if you're married with children or not, but um, eventually, you know, lean on your wife. Obviously, you guys are a team, uh, yeah. you know, in, in that type of thing. It's vitally important. Get some, you know, senior NCOs and and even peers and and get their opinions and and kind of bounce ideas off of each other. That is is such a huge, you know, input for you to kind of 
it makes you feel better when you get someone else says, Hey, you know, go talk to that chief who's done it already, probably, you know, went through the same thing. And obviously you can see he made it through or she made it through. 100%. Um, yeah. And, and so can you, obviously, you know, life throws those things at you and, and you can, you know, obviously you'll get through it. Uh, that's where the resilience comes in. You're going to power through and you're going to come back better. And chief that, that brings up an interesting question um, on your perspective. Uh, is, is there anything that you're struggling with now or any events that, that you've been dealing with over this pandemic uh, that's testing your resiliency and how are you overcoming it? Um, uh, absolutely. Um, like everybody, I mean, I, humans are social beings. Um, I like being around people. We all like being around people. Uh, you know, we, we may not admit it from time to time that we like other people, but um, we, we do, we crave that interaction. Um, and with the pandemic, it was your, your sphere or your circle of interaction was greatly reduced. Um, so it was that much more difficult for us. Uh, you know, I went through it, you know, I ended up spending more time, a lot more time with my wife and, and my youngest daughter. Uh, you know, we went out, we, we did hikes where before we we're kind of an outdoor family, but nothing like we were now. Uh, we really, I mean, we, we did a lot of fishing together. We went hiking together. Uh, we did all kinds of outdoor activities, kayaking. Um, so we actually built that part of our relationship uh, because I didn't have my sphere of friends, which, you know, they were still around and we still talked on the phone, but we didn't have that social interaction together, uh, which is really important. Uh, so, yeah, and, and that's kind of how we got through that. And now that it's opening up, you know, we're all craving it. You know, I, I love going out and seeing them and, you know, having a few beers with them and, and just kind of, you know, being around them. It, it makes it so much more positive. You feel so much better. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, that's how we got through it. And I would ask to Shabs, I mean, similarly, I mean, we're all going through the pandemic. Um, similarly to uh, Chief Traficante there, you know, how are you getting through all of these struggles right now? Well, honestly, if it wasn't for the Air Force, I wouldn't have had such a great time at it, really, because when the pandemic kicked off, I was at basic training March 10th. And I was there through it. I got to see... I got to see how an organization as large as the United States Air Force overcomes something like a worldwide pandemic. And I was a part of that, and we adapted and we overcame together. And a lot of people back home said, wow, this is, this is the worst time for Joe to be away. And when I got back, I, I very kindly corrected them. I said, no, this was the best time to be away. I could not have been in a better environment at basic training with my MTIs, with my flight. Ugh. The brotherhood that you know that we that we have even still I still talk to a lot of the guys and you know people crying the night that guys that you would not think would be crying were crying the night that we left and then I got to go to tech school in Mississippi Keesler is an awesome base the 336 training squadron what an amazing team I got to be part of there and go through my cyber surety training <laughs> it really helped out a lot having a team exactly what chief was saying and having those people around you, my wife back home, even my, my supervisor who I barely even talked to except for drill weekends was calling me on the regular, seeing how I was doing anything that I needed, reassuring that there was a place for me here at the 102nd when I got back. It was huge. It's huge having people, people pushing you. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Hey, Chief, I got a question for you. How has the okay. worth of staying in the military changed for you over the years? I mean, I understand you ended up in the Guard, you know, basically pretty much the same way that I ended up in the Guard. You kind of got captured on your way out of active duty. And right. uh, somebody explained the Guard, and you were like, I don't know what that is. And the next thing you know, it's you, you blink, and it's 30 years later. Um, but but how has the worth of changing in the military stain, changed for you over the years as you progressed? Uh it, oh, it's, it's, it's trained, you know, and I tell airmen all the time that come into my office, um, the air force I joined 30 years ago is definitely not the air force today. Um, in, you know, my personal opinions, we've obviously, we've changed for the better in, in many different areas, uh, in other opinion, you know, other areas, I don't think so, but that just could be because, you know, I'm, I'm the old dinosaur kind of thing. Uh, but obviously the, the diversity and inclusion thing has been huge. Um, and when I say that, it's not about race. It's just about, like I try to explain to some of my younger airmen, it's like, it, when I say diversity and inclusion, it's like just somebody who doesn't think like you, um, somebody who gives you a different perspective, somebody who can say, hey, you know, here's this problem, here's my solution. But this other person who thinks entirely different than you has a different solution that's like, oh, wow, I didn't even think of that. Um, because it's just a different perspective. Everybody has their own thoughts and, and, and how they tackle things. Uh, th that's huge. Th that's, that's improved us, you know, leaps and bounds. Uh, obviously technology, um, you know, has, has improved us as greatly. Uh, you know, we, we don't type forms up anymore. Uh, everything's done on a computer. Uh, you know, just, just numerous things. Uh, that's been a challenge to me. It's not that I'm technologically challenged, but that's not how I grew up. I was grew up with the, the big thick books and all of that stuff. So that's something that I've had to overcome. Um, you know, when I go flying, like what I used to have six books, I used to carry in a big bag is now on an iPad. Um, right. and I had to get better at navigating that iPad to, in order to use that, you know? Um, but that was, you know, th th that was a challenge on me, uh, which, you know, I work at it every day. I get better at technology every day. And the more I use it, the, you know, the better at it I get, but those are just some of the things, but it is, it is different. Um, and like I said, it's exciting to see, you know, I'm looking at the future and I'm kind of sad because I'm com coming to the end of my career. Um, and I look at the, what the future is bringing. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I wish I was going to be around for that. Cause that's pretty cool. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's ever improving, uh, ever, always getting better. Oh, it is. And I understand what you're saying about technology. I started off as a Marine and, uh, you know, we communicated by banging rocks together and talking in grunts. And here I am <laughs> in, uh, in a wing with two diverse ISRG missions. And I'm surrounded by all this young, fantastic talent. And I, I, I feel the same way. I would change careers right now with either one of these young airmen that are sitting here with me. And uh, it, it's just, the future is just so bright for them. Um, so, right. uh, Shabs, what, what's something that you're working on right now? Something that excites you, uh, you know, a project that you're working on right now? Well, I, I have a lot of big plans. I, um, I'm a firm believer that one man can change the world. I really do believe that. And, um, my next thing that I want to be doing is I'm planning to make full use of my, uh, tuition assistance here in Massachusetts and get my bachelor's in information technology. And that's going to take me because no matter which way I go, either civilian sector and cybersecurity or get to stay in and possibly commission and become an officer, it's um, schooling is very important. So that's in my personal life. That's probably the next big thing I'm doing. I am married to answer uh, Chief's previous 
question and kids eventually. And that's a big thing that the Air Force is really helping me out. I have I'm very stable because of the Air Force, you know, steady income, health care. That's a big thing. And so schooling, that's something that I can I can move on to. And I get to be put on Title 10 orders this fall and be a be a part of that. And that's going to that's going to give me my GI Bill. And now I can I can get my wife to go to school. I can have my kids go to school. And that that's huge, not having this big financial burden to allow me to better myself and my family so that I can be a better servant in my community. You know, it's I'm a servant in my church. You know, I believe it's God, family, country. And because of the Air Force, I have the foundation to serve in my church, to serve my family, and serve my country. My favorite quote by JFK is, it's not what your country can do for you to what you can do for your country. Yes. And that is so important. And that's, that's why I do want to go to school and possibly do want to commission one day because I want to lead the way. I really do. And you cannot lead if you weren't first at the bottom. I have such leverage because I can tell a story at basic training that I was the one cleaning the toilets because it doesn't matter how high I go up in this country. I know that I started at the bottom. And I'm proud to say that, that I scrubbed our nation's toilets. And who knows where that's, where that's going to go. Wow, well that's said. the attitude we need. Well said. Yeah. Um, and Chief Traficante, um, are you working on any big projects right now? Uh, pretty much with the, uh, with the wing commander, we are, we're trying to improve our pro- enlisted promotional system. Um, we're trying to get away from that old guard paradigm to where, you know, you know, he's a good guy or girl and he's been here long enough and let's promote him. Um, and we're trying to really get, you know, the, change the culture and the way of thinking to, Hey, it's a merit-based promotion system. Uh, unlike active duty where we don't test and we don't, you know, we don't have any of those board scores or any of that stuff. Uh, you know, the guard predominantly has based it on time, which obviously time is, is critical because, Time means experience, um, which is a great thing. Uh, you, you can never take experience away from anybody, and, it, and it's a great learning tool, but there's a lot more behind it besides that. Um, you know, and I found when I get in, you know, people sitting in the same ranks for 20-plus years, and it's like, okay, what's going on? Why have you not moved on? Uh, you, know, where, you know, is there a problem, you know, with, with force management within your unit or within that squadron? Uh, so we're kind of taking that on now, um, which is a huge <laughs> undertaking because it's a cultural change. Uh, and whenever you change culture, it takes forever. Um, at least it seems forever to me anyway. <laughs> but uh, So we're slowly turning the ship, uh, getting it in the right direction and, and getting the way of thinking, hey, just because you've been here 20 years doesn't mean you should be a senior or a chief or, you know, some people just you know, it's a top one and 2%. Not everybody's cut out for it. Um, and you shouldn't be there. Uh, so, you know, we're looking at different ways and trying to des- design different promotional, you know, paths for people, um, which has been pretty challenging. That's a, there's a lot of that going across the spectrum chief and, and uh, accelerate change or lose is one of my favorite, uh, favorite catchphrases now. Um, and, and it is a time for us as an Air National Guard to accelerate our change and to break the wheel and to empower and to create better airmen across the spectrum. Hey, Chief, right. um, getting ready to wrap it up. Do you have any final thoughts of wisdom or anything you'd like to share with our listeners? 
Wow, that was quick. Um, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say thank you again for inviting me. It was uh, it was a pleasure. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, I always jump at a chance to, to talk to Aaron and, and kind of pass my story along because, uh, you know, I feel like I got, I got some experience and I do have some things I can pass along to people. Um, final thoughts, I would say learn from your mistakes. You're going to make them. Uh, they, they just that's in, 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 yeah. It's inevitable in life. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so learn from them. Don't let them, you know, you, you're going to get knocked down. So get up, brush yourself off. And obviously that's part of the resiliency thing to a hair. You know what, what did I do wrong or what went wrong? Uh, you know, where in my decision-making process did, you know, it allowed me to fail. Um, find that, improve upon that and move on. Uh, you know, that that's just part of life. Uh, you, you don't always get get dealt the four aces, you know, when you're playing poker. So basically learn from it um, and be proactive. Uh, don't set yourself up for failure. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to happen on its own, but Hey, do your best. If you're going for a particular position and you know, it requires X, Y, and Z, then go out and be proactive and do X, Y, and Z. Um, go out there, you know, and, and work hard. Uh, you know, like I tell a lot of my airmen, nothing is owed to you. Uh, you have to go get it. You have to work for it. Uh, it, it's all, you know, it, it's, it's available to you, but it's, it's available to those people who work for it and strive to get it. Um, but it, it is available. The system works. I, you know, I say all the time, the system works. Look at me. Um, so I said, I would have never thought I'd be where I am today. Uh, you know, if you asked me 15 years ago, uh, you know, I was probably looking at, you know, maybe I'm going to get out. Maybe I'm going to stay. I don't know. Didn't know I was going to be the command chief. Uh, but the big thing is work on your resiliency. Stay with it. Uh, it it's, it's an ongoing process. It's a lifelong process. Um, build a good network because uh, you're going to rely on them. Uh, they're vitally important to your mental and physical health. And uh, just go out and be the best person you can be. Uh, that, that's important. That, that means a lot. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of what you're just saying, Chief, is um, the foundation for getting yourself on the road to to building good resilience, I think. Um, uh, and Shavs, any last thoughts for us here? Well, I definitely want to echo what Chief said and how honored I am to be here. This is absolutely amazing, and I, I really appreciate everyone asking me to be here. And I'm just, I'm just really, really happy to be part of something like this. And to just close up with resiliency, and I really appreciate that you said you're not always dealt aces. Something I've always said is you got to play the, the hand that you're dealt. You know, I, I say to my friends sometimes, play your strengths make your weaknesses stronger. He's so, Chief, you're so right about growing and not being afraid to learn. You know, it doesn't matter how many times we fall, we just have to get up again. And with, with a great organization like the United States Air Force that we're part of, we have a, a family. It's, it's not just the military. This is a family. We're all here. Every single one of you I know has my six. You are all my, my wingmen and wing women. And it is just amazing that I that I have that because one thing I know that the Air Force is at the front of is we are not stagnant we are definitely changing you don't drink still water it's dead and the Air Force is a raging sea of change and of amazing people I've talked to so many people 
that are different viewpoints than me, and I have different viewpoints than them, yet we still get the mission done. And I believe the Air Force can teach even the civilian world other branches, not only in our own nation, but in the rest of the world, on how to work together even with different viewpoints. Because you know what we have something above every single one of us is we have that great red, white, and blue. That's above flying high above us all. And if we can just get together and just say salute to our country, because this is a country of change, this is a country of freedom, and we can all have that pursuit to live our best lives as Americans. Well said. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. And just just to capitalize on that, I know from personally for myself, I have never learned anything about myself from an easy victory. It has only been the resilience that I developed through a defeat and the character traits that came along the way that have, you know, led to the evolutionary process of getting to where we're at now. So it's glad to hear that from both perspectives. Uh, Chief, I want to thank you um, for being part of this episode. Uh, Amershavs, thank you for being part of this episode. My pleasure. Um, I, there's, there's a lot of value here for our listeners, and thank you for, uh, for your time on this. Appreciate you both. Yeah, I'm going to echo that. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, please stay tuned for our next episode. We're glad you're here with us now, and we look forward to having you here again. And this will be Chevron signing out. We are the voice of the enlisted force and your professional development. Have a great Air Force Day.